Adventures cast is part of the Fire and Water Network. Coach, I am so impressed with you. Oh, thank you, Diane. Sam didn't seem to retain much from the test. Yeah, but he does just great. I never realized what a brain he is. I study all the time. He sleeps in the classroom. He never takes a note. And still he gets the great grades. No wonder he's Miss Purdy's favorite. <laughs> Miss Purdy? Yeah, a beautiful school teacher. And Sam is her favorite? Well, uh, I can't say that, but uh, Sam's the only one I ever saw a kiss. <laughs> They kiss? Yeah, I saw them smooching in the parking lot. I was putting up a notice there on the bulletin board. With probing tongues? <laughs> no, Diane, with a thumbtack in my mouth. Hello and welcome back to Cheerscast, the podcast where everybody knows your name. I'm Ryan Daly and joining me once again from the Front Row Network on NPR Illinois is Brandon Davis. How's it going, Brandon? Not too bad. Great to be back, Ryan. Thank you for coming back. I thought we had a great discussion last time earlier in the season, so had to have you back. Yeah, great. And this is, uh, this is a cool episode to talk about. This is a, this is a, a very fun one. Uh, yeah. And since since you've been on the show before, we're just going to dive right into this one for the listeners, folks. We are talking about the season three episode "Teacher's Pet," season three episode sixteen, written by Tom Reader, directed by James Burroughs. The original air date was Thursday, January thirty first, nineteen eighty five. When Sam starts locking himself in his office, Diane fears the worst, that he's started drinking again. She goes into the office to investigate and finds that Sam has been reading a book, not just any book, but a textbook. He tells her that he's going back to school, and she's so proud that she encourages him to admit it in front of the rest of the bar. Only then does she realize that Sam isn't going back to college. He's taking a high school geography class to get his diploma, having dropped out of high school his senior year in order to join the minor league baseball team. Coach confesses that he, too, never graduated from high school, which is considerably less shocking to Diane. At her urging, Coach enrolls and takes the same geography class as Sam. Throughout the semester, Sam and Coach consistently excel in the course, getting the highest grades on every quiz. But on the night before the final exam, Diane becomes suspicious when Coach tells her that Sam never studies and that he seems to be favored by their teacher, Ms. Purdy. Oh, also, he saw Sam and the teacher kissing. Diane confronts Sam, and he readily admits that he has been sleeping with the teacher, and she's been giving him a passing grade. He doesn't feel good about it, but doesn't know if he can pass the class honestly. Under pressure from Diane, Sam breaks up with Ms. Purdy and spends the entire night cramming for the test with Coach. 
The next day, Coach reveals that he aced the test and got the highest grade in the class. Sam only got a D, enough to pass the course, but he feels pretty depressed about it. That is, until Diane inadvertently reveals her own ignorance of state capitals, and Sam feels better about knowing at least one thing better than her. All right, Brandon, what did you think about the episode Teacher's Pet? Oh, I love this episode. It's a really, it's a simple premise, but everybody's firing on all cylinders in this episode. There's also a, uh, I think there's also a bit of poignancy to this episode because it's the last coach-centered episode. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll, I mean, we'll we'll see him a little bit here and there for the rest of the season, but this is the last chance that Nick Colasanto really gets to take the spotlight and it's a great exit for coach and I uh, I, I love everybody gets great one-liners there's some great dialogue in this episode it's just a it's a great story right yeah I, and I actually I kind of forgot about that just in in my general memory of this episode I was like oh yeah this is the one where Sam has to go back to school and I knew that he was sleeping with his teacher and I remembered coach having to you know like coach him essentially teach him <laughs> like at the at the last minute but I forgot like what a heavy coach is in this episode and he really does a great job and that may or may not reflect on who my MVP is for this yeah. episode when we, when we come to the end of it um, but you're right but he he's great and and yeah, every Sam, Diane, Coach, they're all great. Um, Cliff is has a terrific little subplot in this one. He does. Um, and just just with a few little lines, Norman, uh, Norm, and Carla are also really good. And it actually it occurred to me when I was kind of like looking up to do some of my uh, you know extraneous notes for this one. There isn't any speaking guest actors in this episode. There's no guest credit. It's all the six main characters. Like everybody yeah. else is just sort of background extras. Like we don't get Frasier. We don't get any of the tertiary guys, like no extra bar character just as like, a, you know, with like a speaking line for somebody to riff off of. It's just our main cast. Yeah, I noticed because t- toward the end of the episode when Sam and Diane are doing their, you know, bit about the state capitals, you can see Al back there. But I'm like, it- it's interesting to have Al there on the background and him not have any kind of line for him to jump in on. So, yeah, right, it's, right, it's exactly. interesting. This is kind of we're still at the uh, point in the series where a lot of these episodes feel like one act plays and they're very mm-hmm. tightly wound. Mm-hmm, very much so. Yeah. All right. So starting off with with our teaser, this is the thing that introduces Cliff's subplot. <laughs> Cliff, very sort of strangely kind of confides in Carla that he is very self-conscious about his ears. He doesn't want her to make fun of them. And of course, as soon as he brings it up to her, she's like, I never noticed before, but oh my God, those things are huge. And she starts teasing him. But he he says that he was going through his health insurance for, and he found out that he can get an ear tuck and it's covered by his insurance. So this is his whole plan. And and he kind of like asks, he's like, well, you, you know, just kind of lay off that. She's like, hey, you know, if it means that much to you, go get the surgery we'll see. We'll see what I do. And she, she won't commit. She won't promise to not making fun of him, but she does want him to have the surgery. I love, yeah. I love her. What's her first thing that she calls him? I've never noticed those satellite dishes before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I love this because in, in these earlier seasons it's almost you know uh, carla and cliff it's almost kind of a familial sort of just good-natured ribbing it's mm-hmm. not the hate-filled venom that she gives him in later seasons right. but uh it's it's you know she really enjoys it and everything and uh yeah i i it, it's cool to see the two of them i think this is when Cl- john ratzenberger fully steps into the cliff role and we've really established his and carla's relationship 
Yeah, we definitely know that like where where they stand on the totem pole, and it yeah. will yeah, it will definitely get more extreme as the series goes on, <laughs> and and the level of antagonism, almost yeah. hostility towards she feels towards him. Um, but at this point, yeah, because I mean, in early on in like the first season, first two seasons, you know, Cliff would sometimes be the one throwing jabs and throwing lines at people, and even making fun of her from time to time. Right. But at this point, it's like no, we we kind of know where these two stand. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. So. Once we once the episode starts, you know, Sam comes and he brings this brown bag of books, um, and, and Diane's like telling him to open up in front of everyone so they can see the gingerbread man pop out. <laughs> and, yeah, I think Coach has the line. He's like, "Oh, you'll be disappointed with how that story ends." <laughs> so, so then yeah, so Sam goes back to his room and and Diane is kind of following him. And she hears that he locks the door, and she's like. And she she basically just says it for the other. She's like, he locks the door, and Carlos responds like, and we're trapped out here with you. <laughs> you. <laughs> that might have been my favorite Carla moment for the episode. Just how that is, yeah, Rhea Perlman. She doesn't get a whole lot to do in this episode, but the couple lines she has, they're they're um, you know they're they're little home runs. I mean, they're they're great. She takes advantage of it. Not only does Diane jump to the conclusion that Sam is drinking again, which is not out of the realm of possibility that's certain i mean if you've got a guy who's always been very open for some reason and they kind of mention it you know this is a couple of times a week now he's been going to his room being very quiet locking the doors like he's never done this before it's not crazy to suspect hey you know maybe he's relapsed maybe he started drinking or something that's that's not a crazy theory but of course diane being diane she has to think you know she she is so self-important that she's like it's it's my fault because you know i don't even remember how she describes it but like or we've been parading our happiness me and frazier have been parading our happiness in front of sam and it's like oh god shut up diane Yeah, this is, I. We've gotten to the point in the season now, you know, where you, it's funny we don't get Frasier in this episode, but you know that that relationship define defines almost every episode going forward here for the rest of the show, and it's that they do get obnoxious toward the mm-hmm. end of this season, just as a couple, and it's I mean it's great comedy, but yeah, I I do like that they are sort of circling back around to the beginning of the season, and you know you know Sam just got off the wagon, so you're right, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility possibility that he could be drinking again that and that's a good point about like with fraser too because you're right by this point he is so established he is so entrenched in the scene i mean just a couple of episodes ago with the heart is a lonely snipe hunter um when we kind of see like i mean he can he can carry an episode on his own and he can really mesh well with this gang and I think by this point, you're right, she she mentions him a couple of times. Like later on, she explains, like, that's her excuse why she can't help Sam study at the end of the episode. Because, like, Frazier is hosting some, or they're going to some avant-garde experimental theater performance. And the third act takes place in Frazier's living room or something right. like that. <laughs> and, like... When, like he, Frazier is not a character in this episode, but because we know him so well, we can totally imagine what that means and yeah. how, like, how that is. And it's like, okay, yeah, that that seems right. That's I know these two, and I know their relationship. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's great. We we know all these characters so well by now. And even a character like Fraser, who's only been on for, you know, at this point, what, four or five months, you mm-hmm. know, the, the the he's he's become the sort of fully formed character. He's not as three-dimensional as we you know get to know fraser later on but but with all these characters with with stuff that happens outside of the bar and you hear about certain situations you can totally picture in your head how these people would behave and it's it, it, it's so great because it, it draws even bigger belly laughs when you can just imagine something yeah yeah exactly uh so diane uh gets sam to open the door she goes in <laughs> under the you know the, the her mission is to try and sniff his breath um and then she notices the book she thinks he's hiding something she's what is that and he's like i told you what it is and she looks at the book and it's the world and its people and <laughs> she says it's like you're reading a book whose title doesn't include naughty hot or throbbing <laughs> And yeah, which this so then she realizes that it's a textbook, and he's and she's like that, that you're going back to school, and he's like yeah yeah I feel embarrassed, but I'm, I'm she's like, you shouldn't be embarrassed. So she convinces him to tell everyone, even though he's kind of embarrassed. And she says they won't make fun of her. She's like nobody enjoys making fun of you more than I do, and I'm not going to do it. Yeah, and I love the office scenes in this episode between the two of them. You know, we we talked about earlier on. It's you know it, it's really a you think of it kind of now as a coach episode, but they're. The, the office scenes between Sam and Diane and this are so effortless. I mean, they're, they're gold. Uh, and, and you can tell that the two of them are in such a rhythm now. And, you know, of course, with the characters having dated and everything, mm-hmm. they almost know what each other is going to say. It's, it's, it's almost like, you know, you know, that's like breathing to them by now. And so it's great because, you know, Sam knows exactly what's going to get under Diane's skin. She knows yeah. exactly what's going to get under his skin and, and nothing needs explained. <laughs> it's all there, but yeah, it's, it's absolutely great i I love their office scenes in this episode yeah i mean it's i mean just because of the the natural chemistry and the history of these characters i mean these are not you know overtly you know sexually or romantically charged scenes no but they never let us forget that who these characters are and where they came from because when they're about to go outside she stops and she's like wait unless and he's like what is it and she's like you're not going back to school for some chance to win me back, right? And she's, and he's like, no, of course. And she's like, if this is some part of an involved scheme to get me back in bed with you, you will be quite disappointed. And Sam just nods, like, yeah, but you'll enjoy yourself. <laughs> and I love it because you can even see the look on her face. She's like, yeah, I walked right into that one. <laughs> So, and that's again another one of those examples where the the sort of diegetic humor where the characters know that they just said a joke to each other and they're allowed to react that way so. yeah well i i, I don't know. yeah i'm not, I'm not even gonna hide it because i'll I'll say that this is one of my home runs for the for the episode, but is when she comes out to make the announcement, Diane tells everybody she's like somebody in this bar is doing something to improve himself, and yeah, I want you all to know about it. And Cliff, from across the bar, away from everybody else, just goes, I knew it, I knew it, Carla. You told Diane about my ear job, didn't you? <laughs> and the whole gang just kind of like stares at him. Diane's like, Clifford, Carla didn't tell me anything. And he's like, oh, you were saying? And I love I love the little small reaction you get from Rhea Perlman. You, you know, you yes. don't get any dialogue from her, but she's just loving that she didn't even have to do anything. <laughs> yes. And then after, you know, after, um, Diane is then like, you know, Sam is going back to get his degree or something. And everybody applauds and everybody claps for him. And Sam's not even thinking about that. He walks right over to Cliff. He's like, you're getting an ear job, man. <laughs> they won't let him forget that part. 
Oh yeah, it's been, I I I love you know I'm the the episodes that feature Cliff and like the A stories a lot of times are hit and miss for me, but his B stories on episodes usually are, are riots and yes. and and, yeah. and they're usually always always funny, and, yeah. and and this was no exception because you know you've got this very you know a very funny A story and almost sweet at the time, but then you know they they just pepper it with these little bits with Cliff and it's so great. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then after, once she, once Diane is so horrified to find out that Sam never graduated high school, I like that he actually gives like some, some little background, some context information. He mentions that he was contracted to play class A ball when still a senior in high school. And, you know, just because of the timing of when the season started, you know, he dropped out for spring training before he graduated. And he's like, you know, I, I, yeah, he's like, I always, I always felt bad. I always promised my parents I would go back. And like, and like Diane is so like mortified. Like, I love <laughs> And he's looking around. He's like, she was a lot happier back in the office. <laughs> and yeah, I heard the horror on her face. The, 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 you know, the pride that she has just quickly switches to horror when she finds out high school. And she's got one of the best lines of the episode that I spent a year of my life being defiled by Dobie Gillis. <laughs> It's <laughs> just like the, the look on her face when she yeah. says that, like almost disbelief. Yeah. It's like, how did I, how, how could I have been? <laughs> almost like, how did she not know that? How did she just, like, yeah. go the entire phase of her life and just never knew that he was a high school dropout? But. Yeah. And, it, you know, and really, you know, to have dated him for a year and to not know that information, that it's pretty interesting. <laughs> So then uh, coach finds out we were we coach reveals that he didn't graduate from high school either and they want to go back and oh coach you never graduated no I was missing a few of those oh, what do you call them and Diane offers up uh, units he goes no years, years. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's there's this little bit where Sam is talking about he has to take a geography class and coach is like well I can do that he's like I remember being pretty good at geography or was it geometry <laughs> he's like Diane asked me a geometry question and she asked a question about like the sum of an isosceles triangle or the other sides and he's he kind of takes a second to think about it he goes it was geography <laughs> just as like a little fun fact i remember my dad for some reason always loving that line always cracking up at that line like the yeah. confusion of geography and geometry uh, i also loved and, and it got me you know i've watched this episode so many times but it got me this time where norm is explaining you know all of the different people who never graduated high school and <laughs> yeah. he, he you know t- uh, thomas edison noel coward share and for some reason nick colisano's reaction to that share just always <laughs> gets me every oh it, it's so good yeah he yeah nick colisano he was firing on all cylinders this episode he was he was he was good so um and <laughs> so then coming back to it after they come back and uh, like at the end of the first act when now it's clearly some time has passed because they've been in school for a while and they keep getting acing all the tests and quizzes and everything like that and they're like the, they're you know they're breaking the curve they're doing the best job in the class um and and sam you know basically can't even remember what the quiz is on when diane questions him and he goes into the office and she asks him about it and and coach kind of tells her, he's like, you know what, you know, he's like, Sam really is a brain. I never realized it, but no wonder, no wonder he's Miss Purdy's favorite. And Diana's like, Miss Purdy? She's like, yeah, it's our beautiful school teacher. And she's like, and you can see that Diana's figuring this out and she just has to play the detective and keep asking the question. She's like, Sam is her favorite? And he's like, well, I don't know that, but she's the only one I've ever, or he's the only one I've ever seen her kiss. 
And she's like, they kiss you. Like, yeah, I saw them in the parking lot. I was putting up a notice on the bulletin board. And she, <laughs> she says, with probing tongues. And they see the Nikki Calisano's reaction, just looking at her like, what are you talking? He's like, no, with a thumbtack. But <laughs> he used their tongues to put up the, the, the notice on the bulletin board. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so great! Yeah, yeah. it's a the, 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 it's a great ending to the uh, you know first act of the episode because you're not quite sure where it's going, right? And then right. and then once it gets there, you know, it's like well, duh, but it's <laughs> <laughs> but 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 the way she pieces it together is so fantastic. So then the second act goes, starts with them going back into the office, and again another one of these great office scenes because she comes in there and Sam is just waiting for her. He knows exactly what, and he's like leaning against like the the filing cabinet in his office, and she starts giving him this like whole speech about how terrible, and he's just giving her the lines back. He knows exactly what she's going to say, and he's right, and she's so angry that he's anticipating all of her criticisms, and she's not able to be self righteous about this. <laughs> Yeah, and this is another example. It's what I was talking about. You know, the two of them know each other so well now. He knows exactly what she's going to say, and it's it, it gets under his skin perfectly. And then, of course, she has to take whatever she can get, and she gets on him for slouching. Yeah, <laughs> stand up straight. I needed something. Yeah. <laughs> I know he kind of like explains how you know, like he didn't he didn't realize that you know starting to see her was going to you know affect his grade. He goes, "I was just after some meaningless sex." and it turned into something sleazy <laughs> um and then you know she she you know kind of like throws that like you know this is a you know sad a sad commentary that a harlot like this is working in public education he, same goes back he's like hey if i remember correctly when we first met you were dating your professor <laughs> she says i was a legitimate a student i never got good grades in the sack and again he's back at her he's like hey come on i always gave you an e for effort and, and that is a great example also of – I think we talked about this in the last episode I was on where we're still in this era of the show where Sam Malone still has some brain cells. Mm-hmm. And and the fact that he can throw it back in her face about Sumner is yeah. something I don't know that he would have done you know, later on or whatever. It's st- it, it shows you that you know, he, he's just on top – is just as on top of it as she is most of the time. And, right, and right, great. yeah. It's, uh, it's great. I love that they, uh, they give that little wink to history there. Yeah. Um, when, when Sam talks to Ms. Purdy on the phone, oh, this is just this is a perfect like uh, one-sided conversation because we get so many jokes in this and everything. And how he says he wants his grade to be based on his actual knowledge of geography, and he takes a beat. He's like, "Did I say something funny?" <laughs> it's like, and then he wants to know you know what he should cram for the exam, and he's like, "Okay, but just remember, I gave you that one as a going away present." <laughs> Ted Danson is great at uh, as I've been watching these episodes. He's great at doing phone conversations because mm-hmm. they're because they're not they're not easy to do. Uh, right. But but he really he really is a master at he he pauses just long enough for for you know to it be realistic for whoever's talking back to him, and he he always peppers it perfectly and his beats are great you can just you you imagine what she's saying on the other end of the phone and then of course the the line after he hangs up boy she's got a mouth on her for a 73 year old <laughs> yes, yes. and again this look of horror stricken <laughs> and he's like i was joking, I was joking. oh I, I love that i always forget about that line it always catches me off guard but it's like yes 
So, yeah, so then Sam goes out and he needs somebody to help him study. And once Coach realizes that, you know, he's been doing this, he's been getting his grades honestly and Sam hasn't, then he's pissed and he walks out. So then Sam asks Norman Cliff, but he already insulted them earlier in the scene. So they they act like they're way too dumb to help him study and like they need help like counting off like how they're going to walk and the thing. And, and Diana's cracking up at that. She thinks it's hilarious. I love that. Yeah. And then, um, oh, and he's, he asks Carla, what does she know about geography? And she goes, enough to know what creek you're up. <laughs> Again, again, another just right, right one knew how to yeah. do that one. Yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those. It's kind of a rare time where sort of everybody turns on Sam for some reason, you know. And I think it's when when Coach is on the other end of it. Um, you, you know, everybody everybody would side with Coach over Sam. It's one of those rare instances. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah. Also, because probably they, they they know their own limitations and that they wouldn't be right. Much the case. <laughs> Um, but Coach does after after Diane reveals that she can't, she's got to do this experimental theater show with with Fraser. <laughs> Coach comes back and he has to you know give give Sam a little bit of a lecture. He's like, I'm kind of tired of pulling, uh, you know, defending you and like picking up your mess. He's like, Aren't you a little bit tired of it, Sam? And he's like, Yes, Coach. And he does the the thing where teaching him how to memorize all these countries through song. And I always remember the melody because it was part of the Cheers 200th um, yes. review episode, which I used to have that on tape like long before the DVDs or when I was rewatching. So I watched that show all the time. Mm-hmm. But the, he does the whole Albania. <laughs> like I, I got that whole thing, like I, every <laughs> lyric in my head. I, never can, goes away. <laughs> I cannot hear, you know, whenever on the news when someone says Albania, that go that in my head. I can't hear it without hearing it to the tune of when the saints go marching in. Exactly. <laughs> you border on the Adriatic. <laughs> In fact, he goes like a, he goes like a full verse deep, and yeah, Sam is just like, "How much?" Are, oh God! Yeah. Like, and then and then you think it's over, yeah. and then he goes into "You're a communist, you're a communist republic. republic, you're a socialist regime," <laughs> and Sam is like holding the book to his head. He's like, "Oh my God!" It's so yeah, and this is, I I I remember I I think it was on like the A and E biography of Cheers or something like this when they were getting toward the point where they talked about the death of Nick Colasanto, and mm-hmm. I think it was uh, Ted Danson said that this was the episode where you know really Calisanto was not getting you know oxygen to his brain at this point and so this uh, this particular episode all of the lines were you know he had taped all over the bar and everything and he said they had to do that scene i think several several times because he wasn't getting it but finally he nailed it yeah yeah and i mean well, I mean, the way the, like the show was filmed pretty far in advance because this episode, I, yeah. I think this one would have been filmed in like September or October of the year before mm-hmm. it yeah. and it aired at the very end of January. But he died like a few weeks after this one came out. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, trying to think now. Uh, oh, so like at, at the end, we find out that Cliff did not get his ears done because just because, well, he kind of like makes it he's like, yeah, I, I figured it's it's the way I'm made. You know, I don't want to, you know, why why change myself? And, and Norman just catches. It. He's like, your insurance didn't cover it, did it? <laughs> it ends with uh, the boys come back. They have graduated or they have passed the course. So Sam will be a graduate, even though he only got a D in the course compared to uh, Coach got the A, the highest grade. Uh, and Sam is pretty dumb. He's like, yeah, D for dumb. And Diane is trying to buck him up. She's like a D for diploma. And 
I think this is the weakest part of the episode is like the final kind of punchline because the whole thing yeah. is on Diane not knowing uh, the U.S. capitals or something like that. And it's like they have to force the revelation through like a weird little line that she has almost a non sequitur and kind of like where where did that come from? And then when Sam starts jumping on her, like it's like, okay, this seems like a weird like – I learned U.S. capitals when I was in seventh grade and yeah. then never talked about them ever again in, in school. So right. I, was, I don't know if I could tell you what the capital of Oregon was. Like, yeah, I, I probably would have thought it was Eugene also. Yeah, for, it, it is strange, though, because from what we know about Diane, <laughs> I feel like she could name these off the top of her head. But um, right, right. Yeah. But, but, but yeah, I, yeah, yeah, you're right. And if for such a well put together, you know, great episode with great one liners, it is kind of a not totally anticlimactic because it's a it's a fun moment when the whole bar, you know, gives her grief at the end because but but her but even her final line, the if ignorance is bliss, this is Eden, it. it it's not, you know, it doesn't measure up to what we've gotten earlier in the episode. Right, right. It just, yeah, it feels like they needed, yeah, they needed some way to close it. And like, yeah, this, this just felt comparatively weak compared to how strong the rest of the episode was and how funny yeah. most of the dialogue was. This just, it just, because it just, it ultimately, it felt forced. Like, you're right. Like, it yeah. just, didn't seem like that was something that Diane would be ignorant of. And if she was, she wouldn't have brought it up in the first place. Like she wouldn't have made that type of analogy or something like that to, to right. draw exposure to the fact that she didn't know the capital. So yeah, it, it was kind of like the one part where you get to the end of the episode. It's like, ah, oh, that's a little bit weak sauce, but it's still ultimately it, it didn't really deflate the episode because it was still really funny. Right. You know, pound for pound throughout the show. Uh huh. <laughs> Uh, any final thoughts before we get to some of our superlative categories? No, it's just a really, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I don't feel like season three gets the respect that it does a lot of the times. Cause you know, the, the first two seasons are so legendary in terms of the buildup of Sam and Diane's relationship. And then in, you know, four and five, you have some classic, you know, episodes that everybody talks about, but I always feel like three kind of gets overlooked, but there are some great gems in season mm-hmm. three and this is one of them. And it's, it, it, it it's really a, it's a final nice button on the Sam and Coach relationship, and it's a great you know button for his character. And, and Nick Colasanto gets some great stuff to do you know for the for the last bit of time that he had left with the show. Yeah. So it, yeah, it's a it's a great exit, and it's a really really funny episode. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm true. Like I, my memory was that like this season was really bolstered and in some ways carried by the Fraser Crane character, and I think mm-hmm. he definitely does bring it. But I mean, this is evidence that you don't need Fraser. I mean, this this show, and even the Sam and Diane relationship at this point was so strong without right. them being romantic foils for each other necessarily. Right. Um, that you could get such good chemistry and such good dialogue between them that their scenes were so good. Um, but yeah, this, this season is surprising me in how strong it really is. Um, because my memory is season four is a little bit rockier, a little bit less impressive. And season five is uneven, has some really high highs, but yeah. also some kind of just like, meh. Um, now that's my memory and I very well may surprise myself and change my mind once I get to those. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah we'll see. Yeah. Um, for Norm's tab, I gave him credit for four beers this time, uh, which would bring him up to 247 for the series. Wow. Based on my calculations. So, uh, 
Um, yeah, no, no guest cast or guest actors in this one. Uh, we, I mean, well, we, Al Rosen is in the background. Yeah, but yeah. there's no other person. <laughs> I think we, we we kind of we may have spoiled this one, but who is your employee of the week? Oh, it's it's got to be Coach. Uh, he just has too many gems, uh, you know. For you know the the uh, the Sam and Diane stuff is great in the office scenes, but the the highest highs from this episode go to Nick Colasanto. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And again, that was a bit of a sleeper when I started watching this one because I remembered it being a really good Sam and Diane episode. So I was just expect anticipating that it was going to be probably Sam as my MVP. And then by the time I watched it, I was like, I forgot how good Coach is and how like mm-hmm. like just precise and methodical like with his deliveries and his execution. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, definitely, definitely Coach gets this one for me. Um, for home runs, I, I mentioned one of mine. I had I had two. One of mine was um, when when Diane says someone in our Cheers family is doing something to improve himself, and Cliff blurting out, "I knew it! I knew it!" You told him, Diane about my ear job. So, <laughs> what what did you have for? Uh, and you can have more than one. But what were some of your hi- highlights or home runs? Oh, the one um, the the one that always gets me though is when uh, Coach is you know saying that he saw Sam and his Purdy kissing <laughs> in the parking lot as he was putting something up on the bulletin board <laughs> and diane you know with probing tongues and that's a funny line enough but then no diane with a thumbtack in my thumb <laughs> that one's great and then uh the the other one i loved is when um diane when she's fearing that sam's drinking and she says the thing i most feared has happened and carla says your living bra died of boredom <laughs> <laughs> this is no time for levity <laughs> Yeah, I had one. I had one more, and it's one that always sneaks out on me. But I love this so much. It's when Sam is talking to Miss Purdy on the phone, mm-hmm. and he's trying to like you know say that he's like he's being beating around the bush. He's like, is it possible that you know you've been giving me good grades because we've been together and everything? And he's just kind of in the middle, and he's like, what? Okay, yeah, I'm naked too. <laughs> he just, he just sort of goes to the side. Like, yeah, I'm naked too. Like, he just, what's what she's saying on the other side? He has to lie about that. And Diane's reaction, I just, I love it. And then it comes back to it later, like when Sam thinks that nobody's going to be there to help him pass the test. He's like, I wonder if Miss Purdy's still naked. <laughs> Yeah. And the, oh, the oh, what was the other one I had? Oh, yeah. When um, when coach when coach learns what Sam's been doing, and he said, "You mean I've been working my buns to the bone while you've been polishing the teacher's ass?" <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, it's a it's a very quotable episode. It's just really really solid, really funny. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely is. And I, I noticed this time also, because I've, I've noticed uh, the past couple episodes, you all have been talking about it. Um, this is the first time I really know, because Shelley Long was pregnant this season. And this is the first time I really noticed, because she's wearing, you know, some little more bigger things than what we're yes. used to seeing her in. Cause, so you've got both her and Rhea Perlman pregnant at the same time, although Rhea Perlman was allowed to show her pregnancy because <laughs> of the storyline. So. Yeah. So yeah, the, gonna... the, the, this is the first episode where I where I think it really starts to show. Yeah, she's wearing a lot more like kind of billowy kind of yeah. blouses and everything that kind of like hold up that kind of give her some space. And mm-hmm. pretty soon, within like the, the next couple of episodes, we're going to see they do a lot more with her behind the bar. Yeah, uh, kind of like sitting with her books that day, and then shooting her kind of like from the waist or like mid chest up so that they can hide it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Brandon, thank you very much for coming back to Cheerscast to talk about this episode with me. If our guests want to hear more from you, where can they find you? 
You can find us on uh, nprillinois.org um, under Community Voices. Find us at the Front Row Network. You can also find us on any of your favorite um, podcast platforms, whether it be iTunes, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify. I host a show called Front Row Classics, where we uh, talk about movies from the golden age of Hollywood all the way up through the 70s. And we have our own feed also separate from the Front Row Network. And you can find us just under Front Row Classics on uh, on all those po- uh, all those um all those podcast places that I mentioned, whether it be Amazon, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere. Very, very cool. All right. Thank you. Uh, thanks to all of you out there who listen to Cheerscast and support the show by liking and sharing on Facebook, favoriting and retweeting on Twitter, and leaving a comment on the website, fireandwaterpodcast.com. You can also support the Fire and Water Podcast Network on Patreon. Special thanks to Mike Gillis from Radio vs. the Martians, Rick from Jeff and Rick Presents, Unpacking the Power of the Power Pack, and Ashford Wright from the Right On Network, who sponsor this show. For more information on how you can support your favorite show on the Fire and Water Network, visit patreon.com slash fwpodcasts. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and until next time, we're closed. Hello, uh, Miss Purdy. It's little Sammy Malone from the third row. <laughs> yeah, uh... <laughs> Listen, Alana, um, about school, um, I had this crazy thought, I'm even embarrassed to mention it, but do you think that maybe our relationship is in any way affecting the marks I've been getting? You know, like making you unconsciously change some of... What? You are? Well, that, that's nice, but what? Me? Um, yeah, I'm naked too. Sounds like we're ready for the class photo No, 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 there's no one here I was an insect, but I killed it Um, Listen, I'm serious about this I I would like my grade to be based on my knowledge of geography No, I mean it Did I say something funny? Yeah, well, when you see the results of my test, you're going to be laughing out the other side of your hemisphere. But I will, if you'll excuse me now, i got some studying to do. Whoa, uh, is there anything in particular I should cram? All right, okay, but just, just remember I gave you that one as a going away present. Well, that, that lady has got a mean mouth on her for a 73-year-old. I was joking, I was joking.